nobody nobody works harder. Nobody loves sports and is more passionate about it than than this guy, John Alcorn. So, thank you. man, keep up the good work, man. I like your style. I don't know if I've seen someone with someone someone with the drive and passion to make it in the industry like I've seen with with you. Cutthroat. It's very you know up and down roller coaster of emotion. He knows his stuff. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to go at people. Last my check, this is not the Los Angeles LeBron. What's up, folks? Here we're back on YouTube, John on the John Oakland Show. Due to kind of YouTube, so basically, here's what happened, folks. If you haven't tuned in, I'm just, we're not gonna talk about this anymore after today's episode. But basically, YouTube flagged the same video from this past Sunday, the NFL Sunday post game show, flagged it on the John Oakland Show YouTube channel, flagged it on the God Over Money Entertainment Network YouTube channel. Got the results back from YouTube from when I made the appeal. They found out, they found out that my video violated their terms of services on the God Over Money Entertainment Network YouTube page. Bottom line, the John Alcorn Show YouTube page did not violate their terms of services. I don't understand what YouTube is doing, anything of the sort. So folks, as you see, created a new YouTube account for the John Awkward Show and created a new YouTube account for the God Over Money Entertainment Network just because what we're going to try and do a little bit different. Basically, it is going to be one. This this will be uploaded, of course, is live. Hopefully, it should be live on the John Awkward Show, the new YouTube channel. And then tomorrow or tonight, I will mainly upload this to the other YouTube channel tomorrow, but I'll be able to maybe title the video a little bit different so that YouTube isn't gonna go full of Higgins on us like certain people on the certain network do. So we're back on YouTube and make other new YouTube content. As you see in the video, NFR Awakenings, read three reaction, but I was to do before every show, let's go into today's Bible verse and story of the day. And this is really, Really hard to do, but rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, steadfastly in prayer. A lot of times in sports or in the NFL, there are a lot of games, a lot of situations where it doesn't look like hope, like certain teams are sorry enough, 0 and 2, and you may have a situation where you may have just lost your job, or there are any kind of situations that. I might not be able to come up with. As there are plenty of stories in the Bible, David and Goliath, that we talked about before, and we'll talk about it again, is how despite what his obstacles were, despite what it looked like with his eyes, he rejoiced in hope, patient in tribulation, and in the end, it worked out, folks. So God is good, but now we're here for the NFL rankings week three reaction. What a crazy week three here. Monday Night Football just happened last night, and there is no logical or illogical way for anybody to think that the Detroit Lions were going to beat Green Bay. And on top of that, there was no way that the Detroit Lions were going to beat Green Bay at home. Nathan Quarter, what is up, my man? How are we doing? Hope you are doing well on the day. If you haven't heard, YouTube is being weird with my videos. So we created a new YouTube channel for the John Alcorn Show. And the, the network page you got over my entertainment network YouTube. And they found out on one channel, Violet Term Services, the other, it didn't. So who knows? But thank you so much for tuning in, my man. Crazy game last night in Monday Night Football. A lot of teams, some teams going up to the rankings, some teams increasing their player chances, and really some teams that are, let's just say, have a much harder chance of making the playoffs this season. 
We'll go to the first rankings. We're going to go through 32 from worst to first, and we'll get that in any info news that does happen. We will talk about it. Number 32 should not be a surprise on this list is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I told you this when I went to the week one game against the Houston, I guess the Houston Texans. If Trevor Lawrence played as well as he did against a Houston Texans defense, it was to say Justin Reed or maybe Christian Kirksey or maybe one other defensive player, Cunningham for the Houston Texans. And he threw for 300 yards, but also had two to three interceptions on the day. It was also sacked. How well do you think, well, Trevor Lawrence in this offensive line and the lack of the offensive line is going to do against Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan, and all these defensive players. When you think Trevor Lawrence is going to, this team is going to somehow have a chance. The Lions last night had a better chance of beating Green Bay at home than the Jaguars had a chance of beating Denver this past week. Just be brutally honest. Yes, I said, folks, Rodgers is back. I'm not going to play that video because I just now got another YouTube channel created, so don't want to deal with all of that. But not a surprise that Jacksonville Jaguars are at number 32. It's going to be the same issue I'm going to repeat every single week of this, this type of series here, of the rankings reaction every single week of the 21 season. If the Jaguars do not address the offensive line, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to be in trouble this season. They could be just like last year where they went 1-16 or 1-15, but this year it's 17 games, so Jaguars could go 4-13. and Based on how they're playing the first two games, this is his first year. Trevor Lawrence is a rookie. Patience is very key, despite what it looks like for the Jaguars right now, despite what it looks like in life. It's going to work out. I'm going to come in here from Nathan Corder. Thank you so much for tuning in, my man. Intelligent. What's up with Miami, though? Are they done for the season? Now, here's – I don't know what your opinions are on Tua as an NFL quarterback. But I'll be honest. I've talked to Rob Parker before Chris started. I've talked to other people I've even behind the scenes. And just for what I'm saying, Tua is not the guy. They're lying to themselves. They're lying to the organization. I don't think they're done just yet. But Tua is day-to-day, and it looks like this next week in NFL season week three that Jacoby Brissett could be the starter, pending what happens in the day-to-day recovery of Tua. I don't think they're done just yet, but they're doing pretty close because the problem is you got this Pro Bowl, all-pro caliber-like defense in Miami. You got Waddle. You got your great um, receiver drafted in the draft. You got his one of his friends he played with at Alabama. You got a great runner improving running attack for the Miami Dolphins. The offense line is going to improve. All that combined together is great, but they don't have the quarterback. Unfortunately, folks, if you haven't known, like kind of Nathan Quarters turning to is that Tua is out or could be out for week three. I don't remember who the Miami Dolphins are playing. We will go through that in the NFL Sunday preview show. Tua is out or day-to-day with a hip injury. I don't think Miami is done. To answer your question, but the part two of that is we'll just have to see. But even if Tua comes back, it's 100%, and it isn't 100%, then how is the offensive production going to be? Because especially when you're a left-handed quarterback, you, you, your motion with your hips going like this, back and forth, back and forth as a left-handed quarterback, you have to go like this a lot and throw the ball using your hip motions as a quarterback. So if he comes back this week or next week and is doing the exact same thing, left-handed quarterbacks have to do, I'm sure they can really help and hurt their season. But if I'm Miami in 2022, be honest with yourselves. Brian Flores, the Miami Dolphins organization. For the Miami Dolphins to take that next step, and I'm sorry, I'm just kind of thinking about all over the place of situations for Miami to answer your great question. They need a new quarterback, but they're not done. But let's see what can happen. Number 31, Detroit. Detroit, Detroit. I'll say one thing, like I told somebody, and like I said on the postgame show last night and on the ColorCast app, is that with Jared Goff-led NFL offensive teams, their start the game, oh, he's looking good. MVP, 11 for 14, 135 yards, and two touchdowns. Looking good like this team could compete. Then in comes third quarter. They hear it coming. The fourth quarter. 
We saw it in LA towards the end of the 2018 season when they were headed towards making that Super Bowl run when the last couple of games of the 2018 season with that roster, Andrew Whitworth and Todd Gurley being the bread and butter of that team, Jared Goff had six touchdowns to seven picks. The Lions were up 17 to 14 at halftime, not just against Green Bay, but they were up 17 to 14 versus Green Bay at Green Bay's own home stadium. But of course, Jared Goff and this offense does what they do, and they completely go Higgins. The problem is, if DeAndre Swift is supposed to be your guy, he's the Adrian Peterson of Detroit, at least for the next couple of seasons, all I have to say is why isn't he getting the ball a lot more? We're seeing a lot of pouring, poor, piss poor offensive game planning with Detroit, with a little bit with Dallas in terms of if he is your guy, if he's your starting franchise player, he needs to get the job. You, It's not to say he getting the job, but they have to get on the ball more. It's not like when you first start a job at a simple place, one or two days, you're good to go. Some running backs, it takes a couple of carries, and then they get warmed up, they get buttered up, and they play well in the game. Look against Isaiah Leong's team. Last week, yes, they lost against the San Francisco 49ers, but the ground game for Detroit was playing really well. They didn't just abandon it early to trust Jared Goff to throw the football. You're going to trust Jared Goff to put the team on his back? He couldn't do it in L.A. What do you think he's going to do it with a team who has the same amount of stars at their receiver position as Vince Young did his rookie year. Just to be really honest, Isaiah says Detroit at number 31. Heck no, dude. I agree that they are much better than that. But if it was a team like New York and they play like that last night, they would be a lot higher on this list. But names like Detroit, in terms of the markets, who are you going to put higher on that list? If if New York played last night, they would, they would be a little bit higher. They wouldn't be at 31. If it was the Giants, like I said, the Giants or the Jets, Maybe the Broncos, they wouldn't be 31. They'd be 30, 20, maybe 28 at best. I definitely think they are playing really well. Jericho is having the numbers. I don't know what type of offense they're trying to instill. Is it similar to LA? Like, what strength can they adhere with Jared Goff? What is Jared Goff's strengths? And if we're going to be honest here, because I want to be transparent with them. Jared Goff doesn't have any strengths as an NFL quarterback, but number 31 for Detroit. I do disagree, though, with that one. I say 0-2, that's really kind of a blank stinking argument here. But they played really well in the first half here. The ground game just got bad early. Obviously, they weren't going to be very bad at home. Aaron Rodgers is back. But number 30, of course, is the New York Jets. I know, just like I said about another quarterback, Zach Wilson's a rookie. Be patient. Yeah, Corey Davidson for agency drafted Zach at number two out of, I believe it was, I can't remember who, where he played out of, but you got him but number two overall. You lost your one of your defensive tackles for the entire season. Robert Sala, okay, I probably butchered the names. That's my bad. Could be a very head, great head coach for the New York Jets. Could be. But Zach Wilson to the first two games out of, Joe Burrow through the first two games in 2020 out of certain of the quarterbacks in the past couple of years to their first couple of games. He's looking as good as Josh Rosen's rookie year. Now, if we're going to be honest, who maybe has the better improving weapons over time, the Cardinals in 2018 or the Jets in 2021, I would have to say the Jets. They have the better head coach, but we're talking about two different years, two different seasons. Zach Wilson is pretty much a turnover machine. Zach Wilson needs to make his own pastry company because he's literally throwing, he's literally forcing turnovers to the opposing defense. And number 30, I agree with that one. I know they may have some games where they get their steps, they find their rhythm. It, when you have a rookie quarterback, when you have a new coach, I'm not saying they're going to succeed. But the offense doesn't just get implemented like that. You can have all the practice time. You can have all the joint practice time, all the mini camps, all the training camps you want. But in turn, you're in an in-game situation. You can't figure out how can we make this, how can we mold this offense together? How can we make this offense better? Number 30 was the New York Jets. Number 29, I feel, I feel really bad for Falcons fans. Week one. Matt Ryan got sacked three times for 28 yards. Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. I don't think anybody really picked the Atlanta Falcons 
to beat Tampa Bay. Early on, Tom Brady went through for almost 200 yards in the first quarter. Whoever had Tom Brady on their fantasy football list for this week, give you full credit here, number 20, Atlanta Falcons. I don't have any problem with that. But if you're looking at teams, who's going to be better this year, the Falcons or the Jets, to me, it's kind of up for grabs right now. But number 29 is the Atlanta Falcons. Breaking news, as we talk about number 28 on this list, the Houston Texans. I think this breaking news came out today or yesterday. Davis Mills will be the starting quarterback this Sunday for the Houston Texans. Looking at that game last week, folks, I was watching it. I don't know which moment did Tyrell Taylor aggravate, like his ankle or his leg. He didn't necessarily get demolished by a defensive player. Tyrell Taylor was looking phenomenal against the Cleveland Browns. The reason why the Texans are at number 28 and they moved from 29 in week two to number 28 was because they were very competitive most of the game against the Cleveland Browns at home. They didn't win, but they were very competitive. Tyler Taylor was running the football. Philip Lindsay got a touchdown. Happy for him coming on, on draft out of Colorado State to the Denver Broncos here. The Texans were competitive, but in the end, they just had a ton of penalties. They basically had a lot of unfortunate injuries on the offense and on the defense. So really expecting what's going to happen with the Houston Texans this week. You'll just have to find out on the post-game show. Exactly. Obviously, people would have. It's not a genius move. But you know, there's always people like the Cavs. Oh, we're going to beat this team despite this. No. Atlanta is basically a team. This is another awkward season. Like you say, their defense is so garbage that my high school team can put 45 points and 600 yards. Pretty much any team could put it by, say, 600 yards or so against the Atlanta Falcons defense. When we talk about that, bad defenses, now I'll ask you folks, this is just two weeks in the season, or week three now, but when this season is all said and done, which defense do y'all think is going to be worse? The 2020 Cowboys defense or the 2021 Atlanta Falcons defense? Who really is not really Jesus Mill. It's definitely an easy win on the day. Their only team really competitive through the first two weeks in that division, not counting, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is the Carolina Panthers. So who sees? No way, no how. Who knows what can happen? Number 27, the Giants stayed the same week. Number 27, the New York Giants. Is Daniel Jones really their guy? They settled for London Williams and Free and see if they was their best option. Receivers aren't getting it done. Your tight end is supposed to be a great elite player. Ever Ingram can't be consistent, can't stay healthy, isn't a great route runner, is sponsored by Butterfingers. There's too many scenarios. Can Saquon Barkley stay fully 100% for the rest of the season? I really don't know. Jason Gonzalez talking about the Dallas Cowboys, Atlanta Falcons defense questions. He's saying 2020 Dallas would definitely be worse. I mean, yes, obviously one of the Dallas Cowboys defense to be worse this year, but frankly, at this point, it's only for the first two weeks, but maybe this season will be the kick in the butt that the Falcons need and to change that direction, and this offseason can be a change for the Falcons. James Gonzalez also says Giants aren't shambles. That's the best sentence I can talk about for rank number 27 for the New York Giants. That is the best way to explain it. There are in shambles, but that is a nice way of saying it. Cincinnati Bengals this past week. Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals, were number 23 in full three spots to number 26. I mean, Joe Burrow was a turnover factor. Now, some of that, can you blame on him? Probably not. But also at the same time, we have to learn, and you can get annoyed for me for repeating this over and over and over. In life, you can getting what you want isn't as important as getting what you need. Getting what you need is a thousand times more important. What the what Joe Burrow wanted, Jamar Chase. What Joe Burrow needed was an offensive line. But the Bengals gave Joe Burrow what he wanted, and ultimately, you're seeing the effects of that early on in the season. Number twenty-five, the Chicago Bears. For what we're seeing in articles. If Andy Dalton is 100%, he's going to start. 
And the reason why I agree with that in terms of a Justin Fields perspective, clearly, Matt Aggie, if they if the Chicago Bears want Justin Fields to succeed, to be honest, Matt Aggie is not the guy. Ryan Pace needs to be gone. They need an overhead of the head coach and the GM and a ton of staff in the Chicago Bears organization. Once they get that right staff in 2022, Justin Fields should start with the right head coach, remake Allen Robinson, David Montgomery is still the team. Hopefully Tariq Cohen will be fully 100% in 2022. Then that would be the best time for Justin Fields to start. You start him now with Justin, with uh, Matt Aggie's terrible offensive play calling with Ryan Pace's GM and how the Bears are the Bears. You're setting up Justin Fields to have early demise early on his career, and we're only in week three of the 2021 season. So let me know what you think. What should the Bears do this week? Number 24, though, is the Minnesota Vikings. As they lose on the last second field goal, what is the thing that is one of the many things that has let the Vikings down? It's not offense. It's not defense. Special teams. The kicker has let them down in big moments. An exciting game how the Minnesota Vikings picked off Kyle Murray one to two times in this game. They toggle out a repetitive where Kyle Murray will play great through the first three and a half quarters, two to three touchdowns, maybe 30 or 40 yards on the ground. And then towards the closer to the end of the game, going towards the beginning of the fourth quarter, you start to see Kyle Murray be a little bit of a turnover machine. So that has to be picked up. Cliff Kingsbury has to have better play calling, and hopefully the offensive coordinator can be a lot better. But number 24 for the Vikings, I mean, this is a must season. Like, they have to get to championship games. Now, will they? No, because remember, you got Tampa Bay. Carolina's going to be a better team this year so far through the first two weeks than the Minnesota Vikings. You know, Kirk Cousins last week had some really good numbers. You can put some blame on either offensive line or defense. You're not able to have the defensive players you want or signing because of Kirk Cousins' contract. Neither here nor there, but the Vikings, this is a must-win this week for them. That you can't just miss the playoffs because it's not like you can just let go of Kirk Cousins and not have any issues against the cap. You're not going to trade him because nobody's going to take that contract. Definitely an unfortunate there here on the day. But again, folks, here, number 23 is the Alien Apples. Cole is definitely an interesting one overall. The Colts still, like, we keep it going through this same story. Carson wins. Carson wins. Carson wins. Carson wins. Can he stay healthy? You know the defense. You get Campbell at receiver. Paris Campbell. You got T.Y. Hilton on the one-year deal. You also have Michael Pittman. You have Jonathan Taylor from the 2020 draft. You have Marlon Mack back here. So they have a decent offense. Where the question is moving forward. Now that Tennessee lost this week, and we'll talk about that later in the show, the Colts are in this weird situation. Jacob Beeson, is he going to probably start sooner or later if Carson Wentz can't stay healthy? Because the problem is what happened in 2017 with the Philadelphia Eagles when Carson Wentz was on the MVP-like race. He was healthy. Up until, of course, week 12, week 13. But since Carson Wentz can't stay fully healthy, even though he is on the field 100%, sooner or later, is he going to turn the ball over like he did last year? Is he going to be off the field and consistent? There's too many question marks, and when you have too many question marks as a team just through the first two weeks, it's definitely not smelling a championship run or huge or any. Maybe any playoff success. And of course, it's Gonzalez talks about my Minnesota Vikings point. No matter whom the kicker is, they miss for Minnesota. There's talent there in Indy, as James Gonzalez says, but quarterback spot is holding them back. Is that been that situation since Andrew Luck retired? People go, Oh my gosh, the photo of Andrew Luck uh, practicing. He's back. Andrew Luck's not coming in the NFL. He's been gone for two years. It's not simply going to happen. That quarterback, like James Gonzalez, says, is holding 
the Colts back. But even if they do, can the Colts stop Derek? Can the Colts defense stop Derek Henry? Great point there by James. Gonzalez here, number 22. The Miami Dolphins fall one spot from 21 to 22. Two was out. Played early part of the game. Was very eh, meh as a passer. You have Jacoby Brissett come in, barely throw for a little over 100 yards in, in reception on the day. Not a great veteran backup. Just slowly but surely early on in the season, Miami made the biggest mistake of the offseason, the most important mistake. Letting Ryan Fitzpatrick go in free agency. Now you can say, oh, well, he's injured now. But that doesn't mean he was going to get injured the same way at the same time. In Miami, that's the thing about football. Anything can happen. But now, two is going to be the guy. This is going to be the year. Full 16, 17 games. But two is going to be continuing to get hurt or be inconsistent as a passer. This could be a potential lost season towards later in the year for Miami. And this continues to give the Bills much ammo because the Bills obviously will did what they did against Miami this past week. Number 21, the Washington football team. Give him full credit, though. Heineke played really good against the New York Giants. And I'm not saying he's your guy moving forward, but he can be that bridge quarterback, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick being out, I believe, six to eight weeks. Heineke can throw the ball down the field. He can be the game manager when they need to. He can ha hand the ball off to the running back. He can give, throw the football to Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas and let the defense do their thing. And it could be a very fun season. I still have, I'm sticking to my pick, unlike Isaiah Leon here, but I still think the Washington football team to win the NFC East. But what happens, number 21, was the Washington football team. We don't have a lot of problem with that. Let's see if the defensive production can hold up despite Tyler Heineke being right now the starting quarterback for the Washington football team. Number 20 here, the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I mean, I told people last week was this past week going to be a fluke. I gave you the Hurts full credit in week one. Remember, like I said, how about their defense? They can score 45 points and 600 yards. That defense is garbage. The defense is, in a nice way, atrocious. So that wasn't a true test to see if Jared Hurts is the quarterback. This week, they played terrible. But I will say, the two throws to receiver, we had like two receptions for over 40 yards. I will say, though, Jalen Hurts, as a, as a passer, is getting slightly but surely better. And that's what the Eagles want to see. Number 19 is the Saints. Last week, week one was a fluke. It's the Green Bay Packers defense. It's not like certain people can run past them. Swift, Brady Mozart, Scott Miller. I mean, the list goes on and on. This is the Green Bay Packers defense. This isn't the Legion of Boom or the Panthers defense of 2015 or the Broncos defense of 2015, the no-fly zone or the Bucks defense in 2020 and part of 2021. This is the Green Bay Packers defense. James Winston. I know it's just another game in St. John very dramatic you're saying this or that. But it proved week one was a fluke. Can the Saints turn it around in week three and try to get back on track here? Because right now, the second team in the NFC uh, South, sorry, is the Panthers who are playing much better through the first two weeks than I thought they would. And if the Saints keep doing what they did in week two or even 25% of that, I don't know how the Saints are going to make the playoffs. What happens with Michael Thomas? He's probably not going to be traded. But who knows, number 18, the Carolina Panthers. I give them full credit. They're 2-0 in the season. 15 more games to go. I know it's a long season. But this was a team, I think, that had a lot of unknowns. Sam Darnold didn't work with the Jets. Did the Jets fail him? We could have the conversation of that any other day on any other program. But so far, him and Robert Anderson have that great connection. Christian McCaffrey should be continue to get more and more healthy, be more consistent. That defense for the Carolina Panthers, while they're still very young and in their rookie seasons, they're getting a little bit better and better and improving, and that's what you want to see. Now, obviously, they're in a division with Tampa Bay, so they're not winning the division, but who knows? Maybe they're at least, folks, well, calm down, at least through the first two weeks. 
the Carolina Panthers are the surprise team of the NFL. So far through the first two weeks, number 17 is the Dallas Cowboys. I give Dallas full credit, but at the same time, this past week, Wednesday, of Wild Sports Talk, I sorry, no BS. I picked the Cowboys to beat the Chargers. Go back and watch that episode, that clip. I picked the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Chargers. Isaiah that to me. Trevor obviously was like hand because he's a Chargers fan. I get that. I wanted the Chargers to to win because it makes the division more competitive, but I'm glad they lost. But when you look at this game, just very, very briefly, well, the Chargers had nine penalties for 100 yards. When you have a penalty total yards of 100 yards, you deserve to lose this game. And what was part of the laughing stock for Dallas in week one? Special teams, Greg Zerline missed kick after kick, field goal after field goal. And what was the kryptonite in week one was the Cowboys saving grace in week two. I give Greg Zerline for credit in that last minute couple of plays for Dak Prescott in the Dallas Cowboys offense. Number 16, though, is the Tennessee Titans, a great overtime matchup. Derrick Henry, when the Tennessee Titans offense was down, I believe 30 to 23, Derrick Henry runs for over 35 yards for the touchdown. That's the reason why Derrick Henry is the best running back. We give multiple reasons why. Why he's the best running back in the NFL. I know we have guys like Dalvin Cook and Cook guys from a couple of years ago. Right now, it is really hard. Like, what is the recipe to stop Derrick Henry? Is it four or five defenders? Sometimes, maybe that's going to work. But Derrick Henry was one of the reasons why they went into overtime. And what's been kind of a little up and down for Tennessee, special teams showed up with the last field goal in overtime. It was an issue for Seattle since they lost. Maybe not the only reason. Their defense, yet again, Saw this in 2017. You see this now in 2018, 2019. Last season and this season so far. Russell Wilson and offense, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They're going to play great. Why the defense is going to show up because all they have is small Adams. Just like a quarterback can't do it all for his whole team or his whole offense. Jamal Adams can't play every single defensive position. Jamal Adams can't play the entire defense by himself. This isn't Madden on rookie mode. This is the NFL here. And if they continue to do this, Russell Wilson is going to continue to get hit. I'm just not sure how this offense can keep going, come closer and closer to the playoff and wildcard spots. If their defense can't show up, if their offensive line is going to continue to be lack. Lester, Joshua Bailey, thank you so much for tuning in. You also say Packers, maybe they, they play great. I don't think there was any uh, person out there that was going to be like, Go Detroit, go, go Detroit. Detroit's going to win this football game. Just look at the receiving court. Packers full credit, though. Aaron Rodgers is back. When I played that same video I played to intro last night, I guess who's back because I just got a new YouTube channel. Don't want to have the issues of copyright here. But number 15 is the New England Patriots. I give Mac Jones and this team full credit. Now, obviously, I know they won this week. Mac Jones' first win is a rookie. He is what you call, and maybe I'm ridiculous for saying this, an elite game manager for the New England Patriots. Keyword, elite game manager who can throw the ball down the field. He can do a little bit extra of what Teddy Bridgewater did. Have a game of maybe 3 to 3.15, maybe a game of just 2.20. While it doesn't look productive, it's very productive with the team and the throws that he made. You got Myers, you got Gianlu Smith, you got Henry from the Chargers and Brazenzi. You got great defense and a great offense. Watch out for New England this year. Mac Jones learning alongside Bill Belichick. And even on top of that, to aside, Mac Jones is going to be very interesting for the Patriots. I'm not, and this is my Isaiah type take. Like I think I said before the season started, I get one Isaiah take per season. Mac Jones will be in the potential running for rookie of the year. Yeah, it's my worst take of the season. You can roast me on that. It's pretty bad. I know. Number 14, though, is the Los Angeles Chargers. See, this division is interesting now. I believe if you look at it right now, let's look at the AFC West. The AFC West is extremely interesting. Chiefs lost this past week against the Baltimore Ravens. So now, right now, if you look at the AFC West, it's the Raiders at number one, 
Broncos at number two, Chiefs at number three. Chiefs are going to be fine. The Chargers and last, but it's also Raiders and Broncos, same record, 2-0. Chiefs and Chargers, same record, 2-0. So nothing to freak out about. We don't need to be like, oh, my gosh. It's, it's first two weeks, folks, of the NFL. There, there's no reason to freak out or have any modesty. Like, oh, my goodness, you're going to be just fine. A lot of surprises coming out of the NFL here as we get back into the NFL rankings week three reaction here on the day here. Number 13. Broncos coming up. Based on what I've been saying, Denver Broncos 2-0. Again, I take it one game at a time. I'm not going to jump 16 weeks in advance. But Denver is looking just like what they were supposed to do. Teddy Bridgewater beats the game manager where the numbers may not always show it when he does have a Jimmy Garoppolo attack role. It is productive. It is helpful that the running game and the defense do most of the job and let Teddy do what he did with the Saints when Drew Bruce is out to injury in 2019. And the Broncos will have a successful season. So far, it's 2-0. Went up three ranks from number 16 last week to number 13. I told people, if you thought that the Jaguars defense was meh against the Texans offense, with who? That quarterback? When do you think that the Jaguars defense was going to be any better against the Broncos defense with Teddy Bridgewater and Melvin Gordon and your young running back who drafted this year? Gordon's son coming back from injury. Noah Fan. Hopefully, Jerry Judy will be okay. Broncos will be just five and number 13. I like that. Denver, let's keep it going. Number 12, this is Steelers. The Steelers are looking awful. Big Ben is looking awful. He's looking like he's getting older. And I don't understand. Like, I get Big Ben wanting to come back and continue to play. Two-time Super Bowl champion. What do you have else left to prove? Is this a win scenario, win season, must win now season for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yes. Najee Harris, again, week two. I know fantasy football owners are like, you still got multiple league slits, but Najee Harris isn't looking too good, though. But number 11, Las Vegas Raiders, give full credit, completely demolished a little bit of the Steelers defense. Obviously, T.J. Watt beat out most of the game last week, and hopefully it's 100% this week, was part of not the, one of the main reasons why the Steelers defense wasn't as productive. I give the Raiders full credit. Derek Carter throws 400-plus yards yet again. I know it's just the first two weeks, but consistently Derek Carr has been an efficient passer. Number 10 is the Arizona Cardinals. Well, they got, you can say lucky or helpful with the Vikings special teams kicker, obviously being dumpster fire, just like it has been for multiple years at a time. There are still voices of concerns for the Arizona Cardinals offense. But Colin Murray, like I said, to the first three quarters, played really good. Two touchdowns, four touchdowns on the day total. But what we're seeing sometimes in Colin Murray, we saw this in his rookie year, we saw him last year, and we're starting to see this year, is a habit of not being consistent throughout four quarters in terms of a passer. Three, three and a half quarters is looking great, but towards the fourth beginning or early in the fourth quarter, Kyle Murray, for some reason, forgets how to play quarterback and starts turning the ball over. So hopefully that has not occurred tonight later on in the season, but it was a close game, and they potentially almost could have lost against the Minnesota Vikings. Number nine, the Seattle drops five spots from number four to number nine. Obviously losing in overtime to the Tennessee Titans. I mean, it's Derrick Henry. Who on the interior defensive line is going to stop Derrick Henry? I'll, I'll, I'll just wait right here. Simple. It's nobody. Number eight, the Cleveland Browns stay at number eight. Have no problem with that. First win of the season. Despite it being a win, and if Jarvis Landry is day by day or week by week with a torn MCL, Baker as a passer, though, is a big concern for the Cleveland Browns. If Baker Mayfield can't put the team on his back when Jarvis Landry is out and Odell Beckham Jr. is out, Nick Chubb can't save the game for you every single time. He can run the ball and get 200 yards for a couple games or 152 touchdowns for three to four or five, six, seven, eight games. But the problem is sooner or later, the running backs aren't can't be able to do the whole job for you. They can't do it for you. Sooner or later, Baker Mayfield, as a quarterback, is going to have to be more accurate. It's going to have to put the put the team on his back in certain games. And if Nick Chubb is 
and that running attack isn't getting it done for a couple of minutes. Can the Browns truly trust Baker Mayfield just as a pure passer? Who knows? Baker Mayfield does definitely have some a lot of throws against the Houston Texans defense. I was like, that's not what the Cleveland Browns like to see. Number seven, the San Francisco 49ers go 2-0 and and move two spots from number nine to number seven. True Lance is developing behind Jimmy G, and this is what he needed to do. This is what Justin Fields has to do. Obviously, San Francisco, better situation. But I give San Francisco full credit for this game. The defense is back. Jimmy Garoppolo having that game manager type of role that he needed to do, just like in 2019. 49ers keep this up. Who knows? Maybe there's a chance. If Seattle keeps doing what they're doing on defense, Maybe there's a chance the Niners could do better than Seattle at the end of the season. Who knows, folks? Number six, Green Bay from number 12 to number six. Obviously, you win at home. Aaron Jones, four touchdowns on the day, three receiving touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. So if anybody had Aaron Jones on your fantasy football list, who are the keyword, if anybody had Aaron, sorry, Aaron Jones on your fantasy football list, I'm pretty sure there's really one thing you would definitely love to say. You like that? You like that? Yes! 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 Yes, yes, Aaron Jones and the Packers played phenomenal last week, going all the way up to number six. I agree. Maybe who knows what Rogers' mentality is. Is he trying to force his way out of the season and retire, become the Jeopardy host after the season? Some people say the Packers had success. Go back to the NFC Championship game and I would lose. We're advanced to the Super Bowl and they win it. They maybe hit Rodgers once to stay, but I think there's the mayors between Rodgers and the Packers organization is too severe. Number five, Buffalo Bills move up one spot from number six to number five after the complete stinker last week. Josh Allen on this team, defense in the running game. Devin Singletary is played much better than he did in week one and most of the games in 2020. The question mark wasn't with Josh Allen. Josh Allen touched down to Stephon Diggs. We're going to see that plenty more than 10 to 12 times in the season. Of course, it is not Josh Allen or Stephon Diggs or Kevin Knox or the offensive line. It's really going to be consistent throughout the season or a potential tiny kryptonite for the Buffalo Bills. The running attack between duo between Zach Moss and Devin Singletary was very decent in this game, but decent isn't going to win you championships. They have to be consistent to not just one to two weeks against certain AOC rivals. Every single game that running attack has to be continued to be productive, like Tony Pollard and Lobo Ziki Elliott with the Cowboys, but they have to get a lot better. Josh Allen's going to continue to get better. And of course, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen is a pastor. Continues to be interesting, but the running attack, I'm still not 100% convinced about. With the Buffalo Bills, number four, the Rams fall down from number three to number four. I mean, we can't vote tonight, 2 0. Uh, Matthew Stafford definitely had a game, was interesting, 2 0. 27 24 had some pretty good plays overall, but again, you don't expect what happened in week one against the Bears to happen every single week. But Matthew Stafford and this Los Angeles Rams offense is going to win y'all a ton of football games. And who knows? Maybe they're continuing to win that NFC West. Who knows? But number three, I'm more than happy to be wrong for this week. The Ravens beat the Chiefs. And this is what separates the average quarterbacks from the great franchise quarterbacks. Despite the mistakes that Lamar Jackson made, despite the turnovers that Lamar Jackson made, was able to overcome all of, all of that, able to overcome all of that, able to overcome all the adversary to win this game. Harbaugh has some big cojones in this game. I mean, it is fourth down. You give the Hollins and the Chiefs offense over 33 seconds left in the game to march down the field and get a field goal. Harbaugh's like, no, we want to end it right here. We want to make a statement. We want to show what this team is about despite all the injuries. And what do they do? They go for it. I was like, oh, no, no, this cannot end well. 
The Ravens got it and won the football game. I give Lamar Jackson full credit. Despite the mistakes, he was able to overcome that and win the football game. Now, with that being said, despite them beating the Chiefs in this game, I still firmly believe, unless anything changes, as long as Lamar Jackson is the starting quarterback for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson will not win a Super Bowl. The Ravens will not win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. This game is still a lot about Lamar and continue to be a better passer. It's going to continue to get better. But are they going to outplay a certain, like, the, the Bills or maybe other, a couple other AFC teams to get to the Super Bowl, to get to championship games? I, I doubt it at this point. Now, if Lamar Jackson proves it wrong, I'll be more than happy to say I was wrong. But I still don't see this team winning a Super Bowl or really winning the AFC this season. But I give Lamar Jackson and Harbaugh full credit for being the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. Number two is the Chiefs. I disagree. The Chiefs should be at number three. The Ravens beat the Chiefs. I get it was a close game or two MVPs. Mahomes had more yards than Lamar Jackson because of Lamar Jackson's uh, turnovers. But Lamar Jackson came back to win this game. There's always certain tier question marks how the defense could be inconsistent with the Chiefs. Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, best defensive player for the Chiefs. There is no hands down easy. Anthony Hitchens still playing for the Kansas City Chiefs, former middle linebacker, linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. I just disagree with him being number two. Y'all lost in a ballsy fashion. It should be number three on this list. Number one, you shouldn't be surprised. Like Isaiah said, Earlier here is definitely a no-brainer starting Brady versus the Falcons. We knew the result of the game before it happened. The Falcons are the least competitive team in that division. Who was worse so far through the first two weeks in terms of competitiveness? Would it be the New Orleans Saints or the Atlanta Falcons? If the Falcons continue this, is this finally going to give the kick in the pants the Falcons need? Is this going to give the kick in the butt that they need to make a lot of uncomfortable decisions in the 2022 offseason? Who knows or any way or how? Without further ado, folks, like we do on every single program, let's go into this afternoon's final thoughts. John Alcorn from the John Alcorn Show. Thank you so much for the support. Kind of had to redo this link a couple of times just because of LinkedIn not allowing to adjust the schedule time. But we are getting it out there, folks. And want to thank Nathan Porter for tuning in here. Of course, I say it before he goes to work to watch the A's, be the A's. Of course, James Gonzalez and Joshua Bailey for tuning into the show. Now, I say this, I guess, one last time, I guess, for people that do know or really don't know. YouTube. I've been finding an appeal on multiple different videos. I've won the appeal every single time. The video is flagged on the John Alcorn YouTube page and the network YouTube page. They found out, found out that the same video on the John Alcorn Show YouTube page didn't violate the terms of services. But on the God of Our Money Entertainment Network YouTube page, YouTube found out that that video violated the terms of services. So that's just why you're seeing this video on YouTube because it created a new YouTube page for the John Alcorn Show and the God of Our Money Entertainment Network YouTube page. That YouTube page will be live tomorrow. So what we're going to do is kind of train a YouTube experiment. We're going to do the same accounts tomorrow to go live. After this video is over, I will title this. I will put this same video that's coming up tomorrow, or the same video that we're doing right now, on that YouTube page tomorrow, but with a different title to see if that's going to make a difference. Who knows, or any way, or anyhow. But thank you all so much for the support on this video here today at a 4:55 p.m. Central Standard Time. Thank you all so much for the support yet again. We will see y'all next time. God bless.
nobody nobody works harder. Nobody loves sports and is more passionate about it than than this guy, John Alcorn. So thank you. But man, keep up the good work, man. I like your style. I don't know if I've seen someone with someone someone with the drive and passion to make it in the industry like I've seen with with you. Cutthroat. It's very you know up and down roller coaster of emotion. He knows his stuff. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to go at people. Last time I checked, this is not the Los Angeles LeBron. 